Hey, it's Fred, and across from me is Blateau. How come you never let me introduce myself? All right, back up. Introduce yourself. Start over. Start over. Yeah, no, no, keep it rolling, but start over. Round two. Who are you? (laughs) No, I thought you were going to say, hey, it's Fred. Hey, it's Fred. Who are you? (laughs) It's Blato. Okay. I'm I'm down with it. Go. Three. No, no, no. no. We're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling here. Knobs. Okay, so now we know that Knobs is here because he's the only one that would ever want to do a retake in the One Shot Studios. Well, then you have to take it back over, Fred. I'm just watching, man. I'm just watching. Episode 14. 14. Here Here we we are. are. Here we are. Here we go. 14. Back on track with our regular format. Yep. Um, You know, we had the 12.5, which was our special episode on Woodward and Bernstein. If you haven't listened, get back, catch up. Then we followed that up with our big beer show called the... The uh, big brouhaha. Yippers. Uh, dedicated 90 minutes with our special guests. So, Cheesy. Yep. So if you haven't uh, had a chance to listen to that again, uh, go back an episode or two. And now here we are back, or here we are now, episode 14, and um, going to talk politics again. Yep, we're re-engaging. Uh, because there's That's a lot going on. <laughs> It's tiring. There's so much going on every day. It's wearing me out. Yeah. Which is why we also drink. <laughs> yes, we do. Cucumbers. So, oh! Let's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your private jokes, Fred, yeah, are very private. <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah. your family will know what that yes, means. Yes, they will. <laughs> uh, which also sounds <laughs> bad. <laughs> It's a rough start. <laughs> um, well, we are throwing a little off schedule also this week because of yeah. some travel schedules that we've had. So, um, But uh, get into the treasure trove there. Let's get the beer going, and then we can get to our other parts of the show. Absolutely. Let's see. Today, compliments of Blato. We have our first beer out of the gate is a Rochester Red Ale from Rochester Mills Beer Company in Rochester, Michigan. That's a lot of Rochesters. No, it's a lot of red. Red. Red for what? Valentine's Day. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Half pint. See, see. See, see, Today see. is Valentine's he Day, and in. I went with the Rochester red. Nice, nice. Did you ever find any stats on it? Uh, yes. What um, were they? It is 6.3%. Ah. Or in the uh, bottoms up ranking, it's 63%. 63%. And uh, it's uh, got to be low on the IBUs because it is a, a maltier, uh, richer red. Um, I think we learned that last week. Yeah. Um, uh, Rochester Mills Brewery is where uh, is it's from. Which is very local to us, right? Yep. We travel place. all over the state, but this one's just a couple of miles away. We love it. Um, <clears throat> Highly recommend it. I, I actually I didn't even know they canned it. So yeah. when I was picking out my selection, I thought, oh, I, you know, it, it's very popular um, with taps yes. uh, around the the local establishments, but I did not know that they uh, canned it. And 
And the best part is, Blotto. Are you talking about what we're pouring it into? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, the new Pottoms Up Pints. We have merch. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, you know, this beer lends itself. It, it really does. To really cool. show off the etching on the glass, the pint glass. Yeah. So somebody snap a, a quick pick yep. here. I'm on it. Um, oh, with the can, too. Yeah. Oh, here we sure. go. And I'll do a shout out to uh, Rochester Mills. <clears throat> Uh, so in, in, in downtown Rochester, Rochester Mills Brewery, you know, this is one of those eat-in establishments mm-hmm. that decided, you know, we've got a thing going on here. Let's let's branch out and jump on the craft beer industry because I think your original intent was just to, to maintain being a, uh, an in-house brewery. That that would be my guess without having notified them. So And yep. live music. <clears throat> they always have some pretty good bands there. Let's... Right, Pottoms up Pottoms to Rochester up. Mills. Ah. That's a, pretty good with me. Nobs, <laughs> kick us off. I like it. It's fantastic. It's uh, one of my go-tos, actually. Uh, when I'm at, whenever I'm at Rochester Mills, I seem to almost always get a red. I think Half Pint does the same thing. Mm-hmm. She always goes for the red there. Yeah. Yeah. To, to me, this is one of my go-tos in other bars. If they've got it on tap, yep. you, you know, I I would say if my choice was, you know, some of my favorite ambers would be, say, like a Fat Tire, Alaskan Amber, uh, Rochester Red. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting another one that I could probably, you know, come up with. But I, I might go Rochester Red, you know, especially supporting the local economy. Yeah. That's always important. It's always a good, safe beer. Yeah. You know what you're getting. It always seems when I go to Rochester Mills, I'm always the DD for some <laughs> reason, so I drink Diet Coke with lemon there. But I find it hard to believe, actually. No, it's <laughs> yeah, actually I true. It was a cucumber. I, <laughs> no more vegetable talk. Yeah. Um, but I, thought, I, I thought you would be the DUO. No. I'm the you know D- what the DUO is? The designated Uber orderer. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I'm DD. All right. But back to the beer. It, this is very tasty, nice and smooth. Yeah, no, it's just a, it's, it, and you know, they they put a lot of information on the can, and it, I think they they do it justice about it's a, uh, it's a nice malty clean beer. It is. You know, it's, it's very drinkable. Oh, I was just gonna say. That there's nothing like jumping out at me, but mm-hmm. it's really enjoyable just to sit there. Mm-hmm. You could drink this all night long. Yeah. Easily. Right. So there's no lingering aftertaste. Yep. Like a lot yeah. of them leave. Uh, and I am surprised at 6.3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we were all guessing earlier before we recorded, and we thought it was in mid fives. Right. Right. So, sister. Bottoms up to, uh, again, uh, Rochester Mills. All right. All right. Uh, on to the show. Grassy, what did you find? What did you find this week? All right. For a change, I stayed away from the political realm. I thought I'd just go for pure humor. Oh, we swapped this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and anyways, again, this is totally a visual meme, but it says, if your party isn't this lit, 
don't bother inviting me. And it shows this kid playing in the backyard, playing a, an accordion, and these cats are going wild. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what yep. is going on here? <laughs> Look at that picture. The cats are up on their back legs. Look, and they, are, kid, they are raising the roof. They are rocking out polka stouts like polka Floyd, man. This is ridiculous. You will appreciate it once Blatto posts it. All right. What do you got? Uh, for myself, I got. I'm going a little bit different direction this time um, because I'm going to go political, as well as um, it's an audio clip. Oh, okay. So I was I was driving this morning. Uh, in and L.A.? At, at one point in time, I was able to do 26 miles an hour. Get yes. out. Um, that uh, town, man. But I was listening to, I think it was uh, Stephanie Miller's show okay. um, on, on Progress. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to her show. You probably don't even get a chance to really listen to her show very no, much. No, I'm not sure where that um, is. Uh, oh, she's awesome. She's, uh, anyway, so they played this clip um, of a panel discussion uh, which was on MSNBC with John Brennan, and uh, they, they're talking about uh, uh, Trump and Mueller and, and such. And and Brennan comes up with this one-liner, and I wrote I actually re- wrote it down, um, but then I thought, you know, I can't do it justice because it came from Brennan and it deserves to be heard from him. You need his cadence. Yes, yes. He has a cadence. Okay, so the audio clip uh, might be a little poor. Um, but, uh, but, but here goes, give um, her a shot, but again, uh, listen to his characterization of Trump. Bob Mueller, whose integrity, <laughs> ethics, principles, and honesty far, far surpassed Donald Trump's Donald Trump would have to climb a very, very tall ladder to shine the bottom of Bob Mueller's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Bottoms up. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like, like, where did he come up with that? Right? I mean, you know, does he? How often has he ever used that line, or do, or did he just come up with it? Right? I mean, it's pretty I, solid. I it, believe it, he know. just came up with it. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, we have been lacking on our fact checks, uh, but I'm not going to get into all of them from our previous episodes because they haven't really lent themselves to. But I'll give you two. Okay. One pertaining to last week. On our big beer show, um, Jeezy was talking about um, uh, are certain breweries still considered craft breweries depending upon the size um, that they get and also who owns them. And we were talking about Founders Brewery is no longer considered a craft beer. And he couldn't remember who purchased them. He said it was a Spanish company, San Miguel. Ah. uh, and they're, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, globally they're they're a huge beer. Not, you know, popular here. You buy them everywhere, but but probably a big beverage company. So, and they bought 30% back in 2014. Um, the other one that, this goes back uh, two episodes ago, and we made a joke about uh, the, the Keurig um, and the boycott on the Keurigs. Uh, people were smashing them up and, and whatnot. And I think, I think we said something that they... Uh, uh, Maybe they were, they were giving money to something. We, we were wrong about why people gave them were, were boycotting Keurig. So I kind of looked that up because it didn't sound right. Um, people were boycotting Keurig 
because Keurig had decided to stop advertising on Hannity's show because Hannity was defending Roy Moore. Oh. So that that's that's why the, the Keurig uh, boycott or smashing or whatever you want to, you know. The, what were those $100 machines? <laughs> people just taking them outside and hitting them with a baseball bat and, and you know, maroon. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, right, right. But it was because... Uh, and you think think about these things in retrospect, like right. like Hannity supporting Roy Moore. It's just it's just it's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Just to even say it. Like I anybody. Used to, I used to listen to that a hole, and even back when I was in that arena. Now I am a recovering Republican. He never said stupid shit like that. Roy Moore, seriously? Yeah. I mean, how? Yeah. I mean, you, well, how over the top has that guy gone? I, I'm sure there's and listeners. His ilk, right? Yeah, but I'm sure there's listeners that you know talk about you know why is it any difference than P Grabber or anything else? So K Grabber, Keurig Grabber, <laughs> grab by the Keurig, grab by the Keurig. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with them, then. That's right. Especially if you're a celebrity. Show title. <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, Make a note of that. Now. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Pressing on. Yes. To today's political news. The, the big thing that happened today. Uh, it looks like the deal between the bipartisan commission is going to go through, and or did go through, and then it's going to get signed. Uh, and it's... It's got a piece of immigration in it, but it's got a whole lot of other stuff in it as well. But it's the immigration piece that has been, you know, causing all the agita. <clears throat> um, the brouhaha. Mm. Yeah. That's another good name for an episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what was in the deal? 1.375 or whatever it is, billion for 55 miles of something. <laughs> Chicken wire. I was thinking about it. It's probably chicken wire for that kind of money. I think it did say fencing. Uh, Isn't it amazing, though, if you think about it? The last government shutdown, they were off on 1.6. Now we're down to 1.3. And it's chicken wire. And he's buying in on it. Well, there was also... We're we're back to the beginning. Well, there was... Beyond that. there, There was an offer... From Schumer, that was twenty billion. Well, that was what a year ago. Yeah, but uh, you know, negotiator in chief has just whittled this thing on down to to one point three billion dollars worth of chicken wire. <laughs> the art of shitting your pants. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I see it. Um, and then you know there were a couple other pieces in there too. Um, uh, you know, I, you know, kind of a silly fight in some respects about uh, the number of beds. That they that um, uh, ICE was going to be able to establish for detainees. Um, the number is down from what they originally authorized. So again, not a big win there. Uh, but then the the compromise was we're not going to put a cap on the number of detainees, only on the number of beds. It's kind of why I called it silly. Not because these things are important for those that are involved. Right. But. They're not capping the number of detainees. They're just capping the number of beds. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really make sense, and 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 all that stuff will flush itself out. I mean, what 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 really has to happen with immigration is we have to stop with detaining people that are not harmful or dangerous when they come in here seeking asylum and they have families release them into the interior with lots of ways to track them with lots of support and you know the numbers show that they show back up to court you know the vast majority of time and you don't need to detain them because detaining them is costing a ton of money right it's uh what was the number per night Eight hundred dollars, I think it's eight hundred dollars per person per night per, per night? person. Um, yeah, it's Crazy. like the Ritz Carlton, you know. And um, but you you know those numbers, somebody's getting rich. Yep. Yeah, that's all contract, you know. Um, uh, so that was also in, in in the immigration part of the bill, and I I don't know if there was anything else in there. I couldn't find anything. Well, um, the Dems wanted to get the bed count down to like. Forty thousand five twenty, and well, actually, Trump the, had it up to fifty two thousand. Fifty two is what it was. So the Dems, the, the Dems actually started at sixteen in their negotiations. Sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand beds. Okay. Yeah. So they they came up in the, you know, how do they how do they you know these aren't round numbers like how do they get to the twenty like five hundred and twenty <laughs> you know forty thousand five hundred and twenty like why would you just call it. 40,000. 41. <laughs> 41. 40, I, round, I rounded it up. I don't know. But just, it, it sounded like what Trump was doing is just detaining without any limits at all. And then they were, weren't they like stealing money from other budgets or yeah, something? Yeah, they did. Like yeah, yeah. To cover that? Right. Instead of trying to stay in line with what was prescribed, they were just going crazy and well they still just do what they want and you know now we have some oversight at least on one side of the capital um so it'll be harder to to do those kinds of things Uh, so i think the voting is done i don't know if the house has actually voted on it i know that the senate voted on it and passed it overwhelmingly 87 13 or 83 17 and mcconnell came out today and said that Trump's going to sign it. And also, in that same announcement, and the White House backed him up on this, in that same announcement, he said that he's going to support Trump signing an executive order for a a national emergency to build his wall. This is what I told you was going to happen. Remember when we chit-chatted the other night? I told you he was going to sign it, but... He was going to pull some bullshit that, in all likelihood, would never pass court muster. But it didn't matter because it just kept projecting the fight about the wall and border security out towards 2020. It didn't matter if he could win this way through the courts because he's not going to. It just keeps the fight alive. And, the, and he can save some face through it. He saves a little face, but you're you're spot on that keeping the fight alive energizes the base, and they need to keep that base energized through 2020. So you know, if if there was no fight and you know he he was building his wall, it really wouldn't uh, be 
in the news very much. You know, I mean, I'm thankful they're not, of course, but but it really wouldn't be um, newsworthy every single day. You know, they'll talk about winning or whatever. You know, just nonsense from the from the Trump. We're stories. not going to build the wall anymore. No, we're going to finish the wall. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> I've heard when he was down in El Paso, yes. he said yeah. the wall is being built. We're just going to finish it now. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, magically, a wall's being built. When I was listening to uh, the radio this morning, they were talking about uh, uh, Tommy Lauren. Don't know. Uh, Sorry. She's uh, a right wing, um, uh, I guess, talking head. She's not on Fox. She, I think she's on OAN. Um, anyway, she was one of these people like Hannity, um, like Coulter, that was saying this was a bad deal. Um, but they were going through her Twitter responses when she was saying this was a bad deal. And all of the Trumpsters arguing with her, saying that, you know, he's outsmarting him, them. He's actually already built the wall. I mean, these crazy, crazy comments from his his cult. Well, I mean, it's the only way to explain it. But that, but but it, it it was shocking, and 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 to her, it had to be shocking. I mean, she's very deplorable. But but it had to even be shocking to her. You know, she, she's at least making the argument that this is a bad deal, and they're claiming that you're you're missing the whole point that this is you know that that's all just politics he's really doing all this wonderful well, stuff how do you go from needing 5.7 million to build a wall to his el paso whatever you want to call that that yeah. rah rah rally meeting whatever, right? eh, i don't even call it that <laughs> to all of a sudden they're going to finish the wall it's like wait a minute where did the building of this wall it's been happening in you know by cover of night or something really? I, it, it, but people believe it and, and it's it's just crazy that people actually believe finish it. finish the wall or, think, or whatever he says he says since day one that like the wall is yeah. being built right now it's yeah. like what yeah. you just I mean, took office we, we know he's not a bright guy he's a moron but but i i do <laughs> bottoms up no <laughs> bottoms up <laughs> wait wait this is news to me. <laughs> but tell on. me about it. But but I I wonder if he even decides I'm going to toy with these knuckleheads and say, hey, you know what? Tonight I'm going to tell them the wall's already finished. <laughs> what well, was up on a banner? Didn't you see it? Like like but no, I'm trying. Like is his motivation just to see what he can get away with, or or is his motivation this is what he believes in his dementia? No, he. De- I, He's stupid as a box of rocks, but he doesn't believe the wall's being built. But yet, he believes his followers are dumb as, not a box of rocks, maybe a single rock, isolated, (laughs) alone, doesn't know what to do. You know what I mean? It, oh, mm, mm, mm. potum's up. I need another drink. Uh, Rochester Red, help me, help me. Well, I haven't really been able to get much of a pulse on what his what his troop is saying now that he's going to declare the national emergency. You know, it's really going to put the Republican senators in a box because so many of them are publicly against the whole idea of a national emergency. It, it, 
you know, now that McConnell's come out and said, I'm going to support Trump declaring this a national emergency, how many will get on board with what McConnell's trying to do and then have to eat the crow that they've already, you know, let fly out of their mouth saying that they wouldn't support the national emergency. So I, that's going to be really interesting to see because it, it actually could determine how this plays out in the courts. Because before it gets to the courts, Congress can pass a resolution slapping down the the executive order. And if they can do that, now it's interesting. They need to have veto-proof majority to slap down an executive order because otherwise he'll just veto the resolution. <laughs> So a simple majority, <laughs> stay with me now, the, the, the simple majority isn't enough. Um, and, you know, so they're going to need, you know, whatever it is, seven, eight defectors on the Republican Party uh, on the Senate side to do that. And they might get it. I mean, uh, you know, Rubio was out saying today his position is not changing. He wasn't in favor of an executive uh, a national security emergency executive order before, and he's not for it uh, uh, now. Wasn't the other option, though, versus a national emergency, wasn't there some way to not reallocate money? But Right, but that... What was the term they were using? Um, well, I think it was just by done by executive order. No, 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 time, but, but, but there was a term that they, we'll they could go in and reallocate monies. To me, that sounds like it's totally circumventing the whole um, congressional appropriation of Congress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's like it, it completely undermines that whole structure. And how can he do it? That's why I say it ends up in the courts and he's not going to win. Right. Well, well, both of them undermine Congress. You know, the yeah. national emergency is it, you, you, you kind of probably, if it gets to the courts, Get into this discussion of whether or not it's a real national emergency, and of course, well, it's not, broken right? record, Fred. If it's a national emergency, <laughs> it's going on now, not after the vote, right? <laughs> Think about it. I mean, just just please, at the simplest, lowest form of logic. Think about it, please. If it's an emergency, it's been going on. It's it's going on now. How can it happen after the vote? Which is why you would think it would pin down those senators who were against the national emergency before, but now are they going to be against it after because nothing has changed? And, you know, it'll just expose them as being the political hacks they are. But we're not going to be surprised by that, right? If a whole bunch of Republican senators flip on the idea that it's a national emergency now, we're not going to be surprised that they're taking that position because... McConnell, and I was really, really livid this afternoon listening to some, I think it was CNN talking about McConnell is both a partisan politician but also an institutionalist. And I, yeah, yeah, salute. F, right. F the turtle. I see no, okay, he, he became an institutionalist when Harry Reid Change the rules of the Senate to, uh, uh, to to help get through judges. That's when he became an institutionalist. So don't. That was still only to try and benefit his ideology and his party. 
their their example. I'd like to see an institutionalist example of of McConnell when he's in power, not when he's you know what I mean. It's easy to be an institutionalist when you're not in power, and the other guy you're saying is abusing that power. But everything he's done since he's been in power has been partisan politician. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, it's it's certainly you know, I mean, Gorsuch is is a number one on that, but um, uh, yeah. Th- you know, that's where I thought that the news was kind of playing a little bit of, uh, um, you know, both sides-ism. You know, they're, they're, well, he, he is really an institutionalist, and that's the way he wants to be remembered. No, he doesn't. He's, you know, and, and as a matter of fact, just, just, just the idea, he was even against a, nas- uh, a national emergency order. Yeah. And, and, and so now, so, so then he goes in. To to uh, to the Oval Office, and he says, "Hey, look at if you sign, I'll support you on the national emergency order, and I could probably rally my guys behind you." That's that's how this went down. I I, I hope that you know they, they just lie. I I hope they stick with those politicians and just hammer them endlessly on how can you support a national emergency or how can you do because they also know. But, you know, everything's kicked the can down the road. They also know that this is going to embolden a Democratic president. We have a national emergency with gun violence in in, in this country. I'm making an executive order that, you know... uh, Do do you think... These are the gun control measures we're putting They know that's what could happen, but do you think they care at this point? Because... They're they're trying to protect this dolt. I, like I said, I, I don't I don't really think that they do. I mean, it's really about the now, and then you we'll don't figure think out that a, they do what that they really care, care or, or, or think no. in advance or think in advance. Like like they they know they know what the consequences are of allowing Trump to do this because then you have the it Democrat just president opens a Pandora's box. Right. But I'm not sure that they really care because let's just win now. Let's just you know. Play for today, and then, and then we won't be. And in their minds, they won't be hypocrites. So when the Democratic president wants to do it, and everyone says, "Well, you let Trump, you know, build a wall on on, on a national emergency," why can't you know the next president, this president, Kamala why can't, Harris? Yeah, why can't President Harris, you know, say that we, uh, you know, we, we need to have a huge we tax on coal? We are not supporting Kamala Harris. <laughs> That was not important. <laughs> we are not supporting Kamala Harris. We're not supporting anybody right now. Actually, I disagree with you on that. I support every single Democratic candidate running for president. I, I'm supporting every single one. Whoever Until there is only one turd. that I'm supporting. But, uh, you know, I was looking up uh, who was saying what, right? So Hannity called it garbage. But it, but he changed his mind. Oh. I think Trump talked to him later on, and, yeah. he, and he fell into the camp of, yeah, it, it's kind of a shitty deal, but we'll get it taken care of with an executive order or something along yeah. those lines. Because he fell right into line, and and they have to see, which is always see, that's why that's why I don't think they play the long game. That's a, that's a perfect example of playing the short game because. If Hannity, and let's just say like he's like any other politician, right? If he plays a short game, he calls it garbage. But is he thinking, well, wait a minute, what if the 
president is forced to sign it, then I got to get back in line. So you know what? I'll deal with that then. That's a perfect example. I'll state this now because it's the, you know, it's, it's the worst position possible. And then when that turns out to be wrong, I'll just restate to the next worst position possible. And that's, that's, that's a perfect example. And politicians will do the exact same thing. Um, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't hear what Ann Coulter or Laura Ingram have said. I about heard it. what the EIB idiot did. I, that's I, yeah. He he said it was pretty much a garbage deal, but sign it. Yeah. Go forth and just do something. Yeah. No, he basically gave it his blessing. Yeah. Because he plays the long game. Yeah. That the what does Rush hate more than anything else? Cochlear implants. <laughs> <laughs> being wrong like his whole show is based on him prognosticating and then going back and saying he was right that's how he always plays the long game yeah so if 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 he if he comes out and tells the president by no means should you ever sign this, and then Trump does, that means that Rush is wrong. Right, right, right. You know, where Hannity, those guys don't have any shame. <laughs> they have no shame whatsoever. And, oh, well, we weren't wrong. Uh, now this is what we believe, right? <laughs> and and, and, and Rush is, is a bit smarter than that. Yeah, I don't know what Coulter said about all this. I did not hear it, so. Uh, she called it the Yellow New Deal, which I thought was a weird thing to say. Well, instead of green, it's yellow, it's yeah. chicken shit. And yeah, I guess so. She's Skeletor, so <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is it is it a win? Is it is, is it a win for anybody? Is it a win for the Democrats? I think so. <clears throat> I do. Because they've kind of box Trump and his bunch into a corner and and they're in, they are merely in damage control so and and I think again the Democrats are going to come out on top with this yeah at least in the short term yeah well I, I mean we'll see how what the legal action is you know, I I think anything he tries to pull is going to end up in the courts and but again, it just gets back to what I said. Can you trust the Supreme said. Court if it gets that far? Which I don't know if it does. I don't think it gets that far. But my whole point is it just gives him a way to keep the fight going because that's what he survives on. It's not policy with this guy. It, yeah. It's a fight. And as long as he can keep this thing churning along and with, with no end in sight, it goes towards 2020, and it's what he wants. The guy likes a fight regardless what the end game is, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, he, he needs enemies in order to keep his interest. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. So, what else? Well, the other the other big thing, I think it's big, and I, um, I can really get my feathers ruffled about what's going on is this idea of former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz throwing his hat into the presidential candidate. Mm. Um, the, the idea that this guy is, is considering running for president is mortifying, but it is also wrong on so many levels. 
I, 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 I don't even really know where to begin now. The first, you know, and this came came up because he did this uh, town hall town hall on CNN a couple nights Why ago. Why did they even give him that? Well, this okay, that's the point. Give me give me some info there. Why did they do that for him? Okay, um, I will encourage our listeners to okay. uh, read the Vox article that I will post uh, on this topic. Uh, if you're a billionaire, you're given that much more credibility in your political run because you are a billionaire, not because of your message. So, you know, I, I looked it up. Um, right now, uh, let me find that, uh, that, find that number. Right now, there are something in the, oh, 523 candidates that have registered with the FEC running for president. So he's, he's really no different then number five two three yeah and you know some of these people are you know like you know the tinfoil hat man right um and because i i it might be free or it costs you like ten dollars okay now Why don't we enter knives <laughs> <laughs> you want to do it i don't know about that you could beat one of them <laughs> yeah you know i, I want to like if there's a ranking at the end. <laughs> so, so, like, you know, Trump won last time and Hillary came in second. But, you know. Knobs you know, came in 521. Who came in? Um, Put that on my resume. But, but the idea that he is treated as a, a legitimate candidate because he's a billionaire is is bullshit. It's just... it. it it's, um, it's, it's against democratic principles. It, it really is that because he's a billionaire, he gets to go and, and get free media and get a town hall, uh, even though his um, uh, positions um, you know, are, are not that much different than another 500 candidates. Well, he's, that, That's why. He's been, and it's awful. Because he's a billionaire, because he can provide all the money his campaign needs he's giving a pass on all that stuff he's just yeah. automatically given center stage bright lights just because he's got money and like you say he may not have anything more important more um salient than 523 right correct but because this guy is a billionaire all of a sudden people like cnn are propping him up Let's listen to this guy. But he's not saying anything different necessarily than 523. And, he, and he's really not. The, the other part that really rattles me about this is he circumvents the primary process. Absolutely. He, he, says doesn't, he doesn't care about he, he, that yes. process. It and, doesn't matter to and, him. And right or wrong, I mean, we can go through and talk about what we like and what we dislike about the primary process. I like um, his coffee. <laughs> it's not even his anymore. But, no, but... Um, uh, but they, you know, he feels as though he can just circumvent that that whole process. Just go around. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Uh, and he can just go around and uh, um, say, hey, I'm in this race because I can afford to be. Um, the primary process, whether you love it or hate it or whatever or want to see it change, it does do a vetting process. There is a vetting process that occurs, which is why 
you know, the scariest thing for me without having a uh, 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 an opposition to, to, to Trump for 2020 is the fact that he has no vetting and he will be off the rails. But the, the Democrats will, you know, there's five or six in there now. There's going to be probably 20. Mm-hmm. They're all positive candidates, in my opinion, at this point in time. Not quite sure about Tulsi, but they're all positive candidates. Uh, and, you know, that primary process will expose a lot. It will bring, you know, hopefully the cream to, to, to the top. That's what it what it's supposed to do. In the past, it usually has, you know. Right. Um, you know, Hillary was a flawed candidate in some respects. Maybe Bernie should have won in retrospect. But in, in either case, you're talking about 1A and 1B in that case, right? Um, you know, I don't know if we saw others that were running that we uh, really wanted to, to, to see go up against Trump, you know. You know, O'Malley, I don't know. <laughs> Martin O'Malley, what was that his name? Anyway, so I have no idea. You know, so so if he wants to run, run as a Democrat, um, uh, and and there's so many reasons why he shouldn't run. You know, and, and here, probably the number one thing that's bugging me about is what is with his BS on I'm thinking about getting in the race and then going around doing town halls. Well, obviously, he's not even in the race, and they're giving him town hall. That that was my question, is why is CNN even indulging this guy? I mean, if, if he was going to, I was hoping. We, Are we they t- trying to get ahead of the curve? Well, I think they're looking for Is ratings. that what they want? Well, yeah. Is that is that what that was about? I, that they just figured it was a way to get the ticker to come up? When, when we were talking prior to the town hall, I said, you know, if he announces in the town hall that he's running, you know, certainly we'll be talking about that. If he announces in the town hall that... He's going to be involved in the political process. He's going to get behind whatever Democrats challenging Donald Trump, but he's decided not to run. It's probably not newsworthy anymore, right? So we wouldn't even be talking about it. I, but but he didn't do either one of those things. He just still said, "I'm thinking." So about is he it. a bored billionaire? That's a that's a good question. Seriously, Fred, I, I mean, you know, just wa- wants to be thing. still relevant. Yes, it's ego. ego. I mean, yeah. because he knows the damage he can do. Well, that's. And that's bullshit, the way he answered questions about that. Because Yeah, no, I got a few defin- quotes here. All right, I'm going to let you take it over because I know you prepared for this. So I'll, I'll give it back to you. <laughs> no, no, I'm, well, no joking aside. No, for those that don't know, okay, so, so his whole platform is based on the idea that I was a good uh, CEO. CEO to the employee's of Starbucks. I yes, gave you them, were. Amen. Absolutely. You know, I gave them uh, health care. I paid them a decent wage. Pretty good training. You know, they had to go back and, and, and do some, uh, 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 what was it, sensitivity training, you know, about other things. But, but when you, when you act, make good coffee, amen. <laughs> okay, go on. But but that alone does not qualify you to be president, right? Absolutely I, I, not. And... and you know, we know how the businessman CEO thing has turned out. <laughs> Maybe it's a, it's a, it's an exaggerated example, but but here's the thing. And, no, it's not. Well, you're right. My ass is chapped. Yours as well. It's, From what we got, a okay. businessman in the oral office right now, right? But but here's the here here's the... no to no acknowledge it, uh, say it. 
Yes, I guess. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> Your ass is trapped. No, the... Yes, the troll mm-hmm. is strong today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, what I'm saying is, as a businessman, we have a complete moron in the office today, right? You're too kind. But, but what... Complete but the, but the similarities, there are similarities between Howard Schultz and Donald Trump as business people. Howard Schultz is, is vastly smarter. Where the similarities come in is the way he wants to run things. He believes that the best idea will prevail and Congress will fall in line like a CEO, right? A CEO, he's got his marketing department, he's got his sales department, he's got his operations department, and oftentimes there's conflicts among those departments about what are the best strategies to go forward with. And then what the CEO does is, you know, he listens to all the sides, gets all the best people in the room, and then they say, okay, we do have to make a decision here to go forward. What's going to be best for the country, or the company, rather? And then you make your decisions go forward. Congress doesn't work that way, because Congress does not report to to the the president. president. And that's that's where Schultz... And Trump are similar. Well, Schultz also believes that you put the right people in place in all of these little places. Right. And, and that is going to bring him the right information so he makes the right but decision. But he doesn't put the people in place in Congress. You're cabinet- no, 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 no. I'm agreeing with yeah. you that in his mindset, like the, the president's, is that he's going to, even though the president's put swamp monsters in place, each and every place. Schultz may do it differently. He he may actually put people in place that he thinks might help, but he thinks that's the that is the answer, but it's not. No, it's not the answer at all. Not at all. I, I mean, running your cabinet and 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 you know, Trump has put the people in place that he wants to. He put people in those cabinet positions that are tearing down those departments. That's what he wanted. That was that's the that was the Bannon influence. That was you know, that wasn't, maybe Steve, uh, Stephen Miller carries on that a little bit more, that Bannon's gone. Uh, but that really is the Bannon influence of putting in people that uh, don't believe in those institutions. But in terms of really getting things done for America, it really happens with Congress and laws. And you don't put your Congress people in place. And, you know... And anyway, just a couple of things that, that, that Schultz has said. Um, you know, he, he talks in platitudes. He has no detail. He refuses to give any detail because he falls back on the idea of if we put the smartest people in the room, I don't need to have the detail now. We'll just, everyone's going to agree. So um, the, the question, this is a quote of his, the question about immigration today for me is not a question about the wall. It's not a question about ICE. It's not even a question about the Dreamers uh, and the 11 to 12 million people who are here unauthorized. It's a question about humanity. Milk toast. Okay, right. First of all, it's not a question about humanity. It is a question about the wall, about the role of ICE, about the role of DHS, about what we're going to do with Dreamers, about how we're going to handle 11 or 12 million unauthorized or undocumented uh, residents, those are the questions. 
the question, the, the, the humanity thing comes with how you address those, not the other way around. You don't address the humanity and then apply it to that. That doesn't fix it? Well, idealistically it would, right? We would all do the right thing. But in a political sense, it doesn't work that way. No. You have to address exactly. hardcore specifics, and hopefully you are addressing them in a humanitarian way, you know? Uh, um, you know, the reason that most Dems or progressives are up in arms about the idea that this guy might actually have the gall to, to really put his hat in the ring here is because we know it'll elect, re-elect Trump. And, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't see it that way. So when asked about um, uh, being a spoiler and re-electing Trump, which is, he has said that is not what he will do. He's not going to do anything that would harm uh, the uh, non-re-election of Trump. Yeah, right, right. He says, first off, the issue of being a spoiler, how can you spoil a system that is already broken? It's just not working. So it's not. It's not It's not the right word, a spoiler. Again, he's not addressing the issue. And as a matter of fact, when they, when they asked him to provide polling data that he's done to, as to whether or not he would spoil the chance of beating Trump, his own data came back and said he would elect Trump. That was his own data. Well, how, <laughs> na- how naive is this guy he's not that naive he he has to know that if he stays in this mess that he's going to cause the um the re-election yeah 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 of trump right yeah exactly the 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 other thing that he does and and he keeps trying to do is um characterize the democrats and the republicans too as being extreme Okay, and I, I don't buy the whole extreme argument. We can do a whole show on what's extreme, right? Uh, you know, healthcare is a right is not extreme, in my opinion. And he, he characterizes it this way. He says, and the far left wants to do everything possible to remove guns completely. That is his quote. Okay, I don't know of any far left movement, far left legitimate movement, politicians, organizations that say we have to remove guns completely. Nope. That, that, that's hyperbole, either. and it's dangerous hyperbole coming from someone who claims to be a centrist because you're not being intellectually honest, and and that's you know and and when you're when you are running as an independent, then you don't have to be intellectually honest because you, you're not getting challenged. You know he's not going to be in a debate, <laughs> right? No one has to ask you who 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 wants to take all the guns completely. I'd like to know that, right? His idea for health care is more competition. Well, okay. It's, wow. It's vague. Very deep. <laughs> uh, more competition. You, you know, what that means in conservative circles uh, is uh, more competition across state lines, allowing uh, health insurers to uh, sell their policies across state lines. Um, I would... If, if anyone thinks that's a viable means of lowering health care costs, I would tell them to look it up. Look up what happened in Georgia. There have also been a couple other states that have allowed this to happen, and uh, the effects have been nil, zilch, and they stopped doing it because it was so ineffective. Um, 
I've shut down a few Trumpsters on this argument when I said, I'll tell you what, if you think uh, selling across state lines and increasing competition will do anything positive for the cost of um, health care, do some research and get back to me. I'd like to see what you're reading. There is no research that says that works. Other than that, I don't know what he's talking about in terms of competition. You know, every, everything in his everything in his world that he doesn't have a grasp of is either ridiculous or uh, re- unrealistic. Those no are, toast nonsense. <laughs> That's what I call it. That's going to be this show. I know. No <laughs> toast nonsense. Um, <clears throat> you provided some really good articles to read on this guy, and that's what just kept coming back to me. No toast, nonsense. Yeah, yeah it, it, it really is. Um, uh, you know, his comments on race where he doesn't see color, that's where it shows his naivety as a politician. I, I know what he is trying to say, you know what I mean, that he doesn't judge people by color, but it is important that, People see color to understand where the inequalities uh, within our society are. Um, you know, if there are no inequalities, then yes, everyone can no longer see color. But as long as there uh, are, are those discrepancies within our culture, it's important to recognize them and see the color. You know, so um, I think there's there's um, a, cu- a couple of things here. Um, uh, that I that I found on him that I thought were really really good. Uh, this comic <laughs> of Alfred talking to Batman, and Batman's complaining about all of the evil that is being done in Gotham, and Alfred, you know, says something to the effect of, "Oh, so you're going to get involved in the political process and you're going to make a change uh, in the world and you're going to, you know, uh, you know, you know, do what you can to." Uh, change, you know, the, the, the social evils and all that stuff. And, you know, Bruce Wayne just says, no, I'm going to put a costume on and bash muggers in the face one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bruce Wayne. And, 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 and that's kind of, you know, is, is, is Howard Schultz kind of like Batman. He, he doesn't want to go through the hard work of becoming a politician and making change from the ground up. He just thinks I can do it as a CEO, yep. you know. No toast. Um, Bruce Wayne 2020. The the, the last last two points on on Howard Schultz. Uh, Irony and paradox. The irony is uh, he is an embodiment of the way money distorts our democracy. So he complains about that, although he doesn't want... He's going to vacillate a little bit on... First, he said he didn't. You didn't think he didn't think you need to raise taxes. He got hammered on that. He kind of softened on that a little bit. But he'll agree that money is the problem in politics. But here he is getting elevated to this position only because he has, he has money, money. Yeah. and he can buy that kind of power and influence with his money. You yeah. know? Now he thinks he's probably doing it for good, but it you know it's it's really it's not. same same. It's, it's same. the same thing. And the, the other I, I I kind of call the Schultz paradox is his whole his whole strategy for fixing government is let's put the smartest people in the room and listen to what they have to say, right? But the biggest problem with this guy is he's he likes to think he's good at pointing out 
what the left is doing wrong, what the right is doing wrong, but yet he doesn't come in the middle and propose something to fix either one of them. He likes to just criticize left, right. Well, because he says he's not smart enough. So he has to bring in the smartest people. But he, but here here's where I find that hilarious, and I'm waiting for some news head to call him out on it. Why aren't you taking that same advice now? You have all of the smartest political minds in the country telling you you shouldn't run. And yet, and yet he's running. Going to. So what <laughs> he's kind going of to. what kind of listener is he when? You know, he already has all the advice necessary to 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 prove to him advice, data, whatever, to prove to him that he should not get in this race. He's not qualified. He might reelect Trump. He doesn't have good ideas, and yet he's still not listening to them. But no, do you see the paradox with him? Oh, absolutely. He, we're going to get all the smartest people in the room, right? And then they're where did we that. where did we hear that before? But but but, but here he has a smart dumbass Trump. I'm going to hire the best people. Yeah, okay. Man, I'm thirsty. We need another beer in now. Agreed. What All do you right. got? Let's what go do I got? To the treasure trove. What's in there? It is a Black Rocks coconut brown. Ale, I suppose. It just says coconut brown. Coconuts. Uh, I, I, what a lovely bunch of coconuts. I had uh, never heard of Black Rocks Brewery, Marquette, Michigan. Nor have I. Um, when I bought it, I, I just really noticed the brown. Um, didn't catch the coconut on it right away when I bought it. But, you know, we had some coconut at the big beer show, uh-huh. yep. and we were... Uh, disappointed, right? That it, didn't it wasn't have. enough, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I, so now we can kind of, you know, uh, give this one a try and see if it's got more coconut. Let's hope it doesn't have any cucumbers. <laughs> All right, and into the bottoms up pints it goes. The beautiful glasses. Uh, uh, quite a bit. Uh, uh, Fred pouring there for extra head. Um, That's way more than I expected. <laughs> this is really dark for a brown. Um, I, I guess. Um, what does it say? Why, why does it say Aloha on the can? Oh, the coconut part. I'm uh, slow on the uh, uptake here. It's six uh, percent by volume. Um, Barely not kissing your right. sister. Hey, uh, real quick, are we all for me on the Rochester? That would be yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely, yes. All right, bought in for sure. Bottoms up, bottoms up. First tastes are pretty good. All I got was <laughs> you had like three inches of foam on that. Um. You know, is it more coconut than the last one, or is it just sort of nutty, nutty brown? It's very I, nutty. I'm just getting all nutty. I'm not getting coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. I'm a nut. Okay, I'm all right. Nutty. All right. I don't get coconut. Is that in reference to anything at all? Half pint. Okay. 
I thought maybe it was like you know from a TV show or something. Mm. All right. So how are we gonna how are we gonna tie in the coconut brown black rock to Valentine's Day? That's a tough one, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> As a Valentine's well, Day. Well, I thought era. of something, but I'd get overruled. <laughs> <laughs> it has to do with brown. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, I'm not. I do not taste any coconut at all. Well, you know, let it, We've let it, got fooled twice. And we got we got 20 minutes here to, you know. All right. See, see, see how, it, well, you know. No, sort of. Yeah. We'll run out of tape. That <laughs> <laughs> makes it sound so professional. <laughs> Honestly, right. any coconut? Uh, maybe just a little bit. I'm, I'm, it's got to be no. there. And I love coconut. I always say coconut is one of the underrated flavors in the world of flavors. Uh, I definitely get a nutty taste, but no coconut. Uh, hmm. Let me share a little story with you that happened okay. uh, a couple weeks ago or 10 days ago, whatever it was. Um, my girlfriend and I, we went to a birthday party. Uh, for a guy that she was longtime friends with way back when, and but doesn't really keep in touch on a regular basis. We go to this party. It's a surprise birthday party. We're in this very tiny room with about like forty people. Uh, the restaurant really could have made better arrangements. And we're waiting for the guest of honor to show up. Uh, we don't know anyone else there. And, you know, so we did make a little tiny small talk with some people as we're getting our drinks and whatnot. And uh, he shows up. There's a surprise, which I don't think it was a huge surprise for him or whatnot. As he's walking through the crowd, because it was very crowded, you know, we say hello. He knows me from, you know, Facebook pictures and whatnot. Um, you know, some, some niceties, pleasantries are exchanged. And then he has to go on to say hello to all the other people remaining that he hasn't said hello to. And I said, we've, we've, we've done what we were obligated to do. Let's go. We've accomplished our goal. And that was something that really didn't sit very well with, with her, just, you know, sort of just bolting without saying goodbye after we just said hello. Um, but I kind of insisted and, you know, very quickly, you know, finished my drink and made our way towards the door. So, you know, for the time that he was there, during the time that he, he was there, we were there probably a, a, a total of about five minutes. <laughs> and, and we were there longer because, you know, we were waiting for him to show up. But we were there a, a, a total of, uh, I think, just one vodka. <laughs> um, so, you know, that kind of reminded me of something that I saw on the interweb, you know, sometime before that about what they call the Irish exit. When mm -hmm. you leave without saying goodbye. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that was a classic Irish exit. We probably did a few faux pas in there. 
there's the right ways and wrong ways to do it. Uh, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. You, you, Brett, have you ever done the Irish egg? Is that is that in your repertoire of of, of party behavior? Well, I know for a fact that we did it once at a family wedding. <laughs> in a, in in our research for this, mostly your research for this, I was reading through it, and that's what came to mind. Yeah, that it, we did it at a, a family wedding, and it felt like really strange and bizarre but once we got out of there it felt right it felt like we did the right thing because no right i i agree the 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 awkwardness only lasts the distance from where you're standing to the door (laughs) (laughs) then the awkwardness goes away you know what's funny is like when we were doing it in a strange way i did not feel bad about doing it but it at the same time, it was sort of awkward, but once we got away from it, it's like, that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Nob? Uh, yeah, now, you, do you know why they call it the Irish exit? No, I don't. <laughs> because it's supposed to be symptomatic of uh, the Irish guy is too drunk to say goodbye. <laughs> Well, I thought it was something to do with the Irish leaving Ireland or something. No, no, it has to do with no, it? They, the Irish guy might be too drunk, and so he's not going to be able to say goodbye. Yeah. Uh, I think it depends on the on the party itself. I mean, I would definitely say bye to, like, the host. Okay, okay, have you ah, done it? Have I done it? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Just so many parties. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's been a social gathering to where I just kind of snuck out and yeah. It's also known as the, the ghosting exit. Yeah. Although no, ghosting, ghosting though, is different, right? Ghosting, from what I understand, is conversations, digital conversations. So mm-hmm. it's sort of separate. But you know what's interesting is is when I read through all of your. Um, some of the articles I shared your, about this your articles and your homework, it's like, like I said, when we did it at that family wedding, it was kind of awkward, kind of weird, but it was satisfying afterwards. But the more I I read what these articles said, I definitely saw some value in it, and I definitely saw truth in it. And and I know it's short term, but. I think I'm I'm a believer. Yeah. I'm going to do it from now on. That's kind of where I'm at. See ya. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm, no, no, that was wrong. Oh, Fred, Fred is, yeah, right, no. I'm going to get You just blew it. You absolutely just, just blew just, it. I'm just going to leave. You, you, again, that doesn't play well uh, for audio. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I honestly see a lot of value in this. Because all the points in those articles made perfect sense to me. Mm. I think the biggest on point... On both sides. On both sides. Well, right. The biggest point is, do people really care? No. I, I think you're, you and your articles are absolutely right. They don't care. They generally do not care. And then, the, and then on, on the host side, you know, do they, and your friends or whatever, do they want to be interrupted you know what I mean? Do they want to have to say goodbye to everybody? You know, there's that 
awkwardness if you're going around and you're trying to say goodbye and they're wrapped up in other conversations. That That's why I suggested that we do the Irish exit at this birthday party because to go back to him and say, now we're going to leave would have been, I mean, he was just still greeting people. He just greeted us. And the alternative was to stay there and be kind of miserable. <laughs> so, so it was, it was, it, it, I think we we helped everybody, right? I mean, it just it just made it easier, and it was such a, a tight room. It also made it easier in that respect. Um, the, the, one of the things that I liked about it was when they said, you know, goodbyes kind of suck anyway. Yeah, like there's a there's a it's sadness. the negative thing. It's about the it. negative. People love saying hello we, when we go to the hello party. is fun. <laughs> we, go, we go to the party. We. You know, we go around to everyone and get to say hello and, you know, do the hugs and the smooches or the handshakes or whatever. And, and that's, the, that's the fun part. Uh, the, the goodbyes uh, are, are generally not. not. You know, not everybody's on board with this. And, you, you know, well, are... I think they're wrong. <laughs> and we may have to kill them. Okay. <laughs> we'll, let you, we'll, we'll let you get away with that one because it's very general there. Um, you know, there's those people that, Say, oh, I hate long goodbyes. But then what do they do? Long goodbyes. The long goodbyes, right? Chat, 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 chat. But you know what? Looking at the articles that, that you shared with us for research, it, it was interesting the way they would map out that interaction. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of like, all right, it's time to go. You want to go. And there's the guest or the person of honor at the party. Host, whatever. So you, you sort of hang around and you're hovering mm-hmm. and, and you want to talk to them and you're giving them body signals and eventually they... And all you want to say is goodbye. Yes. <laughs> and, then, and then it turns into all of a sudden you're involved in this conversation which gets really awkward and goes nowhere and then kind of mm-hmm. burns out really quick and then you're both standing there. Yeah. Where... The Irish goodbye would have alleviated all of that. Absolutely. Awkwardness. I, I'm a big believer all of a sudden. <laughs> um, the other one that it they, makes perfect the sense other one they me. mentioned is when you get into the goodbyes, especially depending upon how well you know the person, do you end up having those vague those vague plans that you're making? Oh, you know, well call me. Oh, we should get together. You know, that kind of dynamic that happens. And you really have no intention mm-hmm. of calling this person or trying to get together with them in the future. You're just trying to soothe what is a, what is really an awkward goodbye. Right, right, you know? right. And, and so, yeah, again, you, yeah, um, you know, you, you just avoid all of that uh, by, by just hitting the door. So I do like the rules, though, um, that I, some of the rules... From different sources uh, that I that I read about it, um, one is alcohol should be involved. <laughs> so if you're at a party where no we have alcohol, no problem with that, bottoms up, bottoms up. up. Um, and <laughs> you know, it, if there is someone that you are afraid that maybe you'll never see again. <laughs> You might want to say goodbye to that person. Well, in case you're worried they may die. You know, could be your new neighbor, right? Okay. Every, every time I come to your new place could there. Could be Jesse. Fred, Fred, 
uh, might, might want to say goodbye. <laughs> because she is 95 after all. Yes, she is. And uh, Half Pint actually was crying about someone she hasn't met yet because it was such a touching thing that she was going to be our new neighbor. And oh, she's, how sweet. Yeah, it was actually, actually very sweet. Um, <clears throat> some other rules about the proper way to Irish exit, uh, and most of these I do agree with. Um, if someone texts you, you know, like, did you leave? You should respond. Yep, sure, I yeah, agree. You, yep. you, you know, you're not trying to be rude. You're, you're just trying to double ghost. ease, right? Um, you, you know, and, and they make the difference. Uh, uh, I forget which one it was, but in the article about, you know, there's the Irish exit and then there's like the douchebag exit. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, if, if you don't um, text that, Scottish then exit? you kind of go, yeah. <laughs> um, some people really do get offended if you don't say goodbye to them. That's, you know, and we probably have friends that are that way. And, um, you know, so if if there is that person, you know, you do want to be courteous and, and at least try and say goodbye to them, you know. Uh, don't leave when you have a tab. Don't, don't Irish exit <laughs> if you have a tab. Also, in poor taste and put into the douchebaggery column. Well, I've tried to put myself into the position of being the person at the party and if someone does it to me the more I thought about it I have no problem with that because most of our friends have known each other for a very long time and Mm -hmm. if someone disappears so be it yeah they're they're it seems pretty natural right right so yeah um I I did like this one this this idea and I'm actually I I would say I've done this in the past, but we didn't do it at this one particular birthday party. And that is set it up. So, you know, if you have an idea that you're going to be leaving soon, you know, you might want to drop it to someone, you know, oh, well, you know, we're going to be heading out or we've got another engagement or, you know, we're, you know, feeling a little bush from a long day or whatever. If you plant that somewhere in your conversations to any one person, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be everyone or, or the host, or if you, if you kind of plant that seed, then when you're leaving, if word gets around, oh, you know, where did they go, you know, then, you know, it, it, it sits a little bit better. So I, I think that's yeah, a, a really mm-hmm. good tip. And one I've used told before, somebody. Sure. That you weren't just going to be there till the end. Right. You know? I mean, I don't even know how this applies to me because I'm always the last one to leave anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned you in those articles as well. <laughs> <laughs> did you see the Blotto reference? Yes, I did. <laughs> Which I, re- I read like four times, and I still don't even get what... Anyway, um, uh, the, the this particular rule, I guess, makes sense. Uh, you cannot Irish exit in a group of seven or less. Too obvious. It's, yeah, that's a little, again, you know, douchebaggery versus Irish. Right, right, yeah. yeah, it's douchebaggery because... You, you're you're one of seven. Yeah. You, you can't take the time to talk to the guest of honor, or, or even just do one massive yeah. <laughs> goodbye. Right? You can, <laughs> hey, you know, see ya. You know, I, I did that kind of to, uh, y- yesterday uh, when I was at this uh, trade show and I was working with all these folks. 
I didn't want to go around to each one of them, and I was the first one out the door. Um, and I and I didn't want to go right, you know. So it was kind of like, hey, I'm out of here. See you. Bye. See you. You know. Uh, um, this one's really important, uh, and again, I agree with it. And I and I think uh, uh, my my lovely gal took care of this um, from the party last weekend. But that is uh, text the next day. Ah. And say, thanks for the great party. It was good to see you again. And that's your goodbye. And that's really appreciated. That's thoughtful. I can see that working. So, yeah. I think that's a really, really covers good point. It, it, it covers you. It doesn't make it look like you were sneaking out, just that you had left. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, depending on the size of a party, it might make perfect sense for you just to go the after message covers things, and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and the the best thing the, the the best thing about doing a couple Irish exits is you get the reputation. <laughs> See, I don't I don't think I'm there yet. Yeah, you, you, you know, we, we, I'm sure if we thought about which of our friends will will do that, um, you know. Pig kind of comes to mind, <laughs> but but if you get the reputation of oh you know he just goes then again you're in the clear you're not going to offend anybody anymore right they'll oh, expect it of you that's just oh well you know so after you do it a couple times and like you said Fred this is now going to be part of your mo I think um, it is <laughs> yeah I don't think you should do it with your band <laughs> like during a gig. <laughs> Walks off. <laughs> Good point. Um, uh, so uh, I, I thought it would be uh, kind of fun to ask the listeners to um, provide us with any of their uh, Irish exit or uh, um, other other French terminologies. Farewell. The yeah the the, the French uh, the fr- not the French exit. What did they call French it? French farewell. No, they call it the French leave. Oh, the French leave? Well, what? Uh, but maybe there's other names that are out there that are local to you and your friends or your area. So that's what I was going to do, a little shout out to people that want to contact us on Facebook or Twitter to say, hey, if you've got some uh, uh, Irish leave anecdotes or names that uh, you want to share with us, we'll be sure to, uh, to bring them up on the next episode. Cause baby, I hate you Cause baby, I hate you Cause baby